Plot twists. We're obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story where it takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, comedy and impressions lover. And I'm Fran, super fan of reality TV and rom-coms. And we're from now. And throughout this series, we're going to be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about their favourite plot twists, both on and off screen. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems that you've never heard before. Contain spoilers. Obviously. Hello, hello. Good to have you back. For frequent listeners of this podcast, you will know that we love our comedy. I mean, we've had Jimmy Carr already. We've had Al Murray. And the comedy in episode seven this week returns. I mean, this guest has been in some of the biggest comedy hits in the last few years. I'm talking Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Modern Family and Bojack Horseman. Yes, it's Stephanie Beatrice. What a talent. The secretive badass that was Rosa Diaz in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I mean, it's just iconic. And what a series that has turned out to be. Quite incredible. But it's not just comedy that Stephanie has done. In the Heights, the American musical drama by Lin-Manuel Miranda, of course, he's known for Hamilton. That comes to now on the 17th of December. Don't forget that. And she's teamed up with Lin-Manuel once again for Encanto, her new film, a Disney animation, which it tells the extraordinary story of the Madri House, who... Do you like how I said that? Who live, <laughs> who live in the mountains of Colombia in a magical house, a vibrant town. It's a charmed place called the Encanto. And Stephanie plays the role of Mirabel, who doesn't have the powers that her family possess, but she has the desire and the curiosity to keep things status quo. I won't say anything else, but it is visually stunning. It's a really lovely film. And it really highlights uh, Latinx culture, which is something that for Stephanie in her career, in her personal life, her social life, is something that is a really important part of who she is. So you may have gathered she's a bit of a talent and she's taking those talents actually to the theatre. So she's going to be in 222, which is a sort of a ghostly play at the Noel Coward Theatre. She's going to be doing that opposite James Buckley and Giovanna Fletcher. So you should definitely go and check that out. I'm really excited for this one. She's such a great character. She tells it like it is. She's passionate. She's vibrant. She's fantastic. And if you're expecting her to sound like Rosa Diaz, you might just be in for a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> okay, here she is. It's Stephanie Beatrice on Plot Twist. You know, I feel it's befitting that we're chatting today because only earlier I was chatting to the actress Cynthia Revo, and I was advocating that she should go in Sister Act 3. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, I go on your Instagram, I see you and Captain Holt, and you're kind of teeing it up yourself. So, <laughs> Yes, that was a very small but hilarious joke in our last season. It was like a split second where you see Rosa dressed as a nun. Ah, uh, yeah. It could happen. It could work. I mean, it could. It could. <laughs> Cynthia's going to be very pretty, though. She's working on Wicked for a while. Yeah. I can't wait to see her in that. She's going to be phenomenal. She is going to be good. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Of course. Do you know, I was thinking, and you probably get this most interviews, but I feel that over the course of this interview, I'm probably going to have to adjust to your voice. You know, getting mm. used to the, to the real you. Is that, do you hear that a lot? Yes. 
I do hear that a lot. I yeah. hear, I hear like, it's strange to hear my voice coming out of my face, which is <laughs> high compliment. It's really the highest compliment that I can get when people meet me or hear my real voice in an interview and are confused and bewildered because it means that I've done a good job at making Rosa Diaz seem really real. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the comments, it was one of the videos online and they said, uh, yeah, her real voice is her fake voice in the show basically <laughs> kind of yeah there's yeah. like a uh, I do like a hyped up very valley girl version of my real voice as my my fake Rosa voice on the show like my Rosa making fun of other people yes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah love it well I'm sure I'll adapt over the course um but you're, you're in the US at the moment is that right yes I'm in Los Angeles right but, now but you, I'll be in London in like a week say, yeah you're coming <laughs> to the West End this is very exciting yes I'm so excited. I started my career in theater and the West End and Broadway are like the top of the top places that you can work. And to be doing 222 in London, in the West End, in the Gilgood is like incredible. I'm so excited. It's I'm a great so spot. Excited. Yeah, no crowd theater, great spot as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Christmas in London, I hear, is really incredible. I'm like very, very much looking forward to spending the holidays there. Are you ready for the weather? I don't think so. No. Um, I don't think that I'm ready. I mean, like, what do I need? Do I need like long underwear? Layers, like, I don't know what layers. I need. Just what does layers. that mean? You're talking to like a woman that is it li been living in California. And I'm like, I could literally go sit by the pool right now. This is not a brag, but I could <laughs> if I wanted to. I mean, I don't know what layers means. Like layers to me is like a light cardigan, a hoodie. Oh, like, that, yeah, that, that double up. Yeah. Okay. That and a coat, you'll be great. You'll be great. Oh, yeah. Love I, okay. Yeah. Gloves, a hat. Do I need that? Probably. Do I, need, like, I definitely, I definitely need a hat. So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> no, you have a blast. It'll be great. It'll be great fun. It'll be great. It's gonna be great. Can I ask you a plot twist question? Oh yes, please. So plot twists happen on TV and film, but they happen to all of us in everyday life. In your life, and this could be more personal. It could be in your career. What might represent your biggest plot twist? Oh, it was. So I used to live in New York City. I lived in lots of neighborhoods in New York, but the last neighborhood I lived in was Brooklyn. And I was a struggling artist. I was like not really making any money. I wasn't working in theater. I was working a retail job. And I basically started running out of money. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to stay in New York. And I thought I'm going to have to go home and home is in Texas. And there's like not really any theater that, that I could have gotten. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's theater in Texas, great theater, but, but it's different, right? a lot of times, well, and a lot of times you have to audition in New York or in LA to oh, book okay. yeah, sure. jobs yeah. across the country. Right. So like, so anyway, I was feeling very like desperate and, one day I kind of came home from work and my downstairs neighbor or my landlady really, and she lived downstairs below us. She was like, Oh, do you want to come in and have coffee? And I was like, yes. Her name was Benita Diaz. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's have coffee. And I sat there chatting with her in her kitchen for, I don't know how many hours and we were just talking about all sorts of stuff. And then I told her, you know, Miss Diaz, I think I'm going to have to go home. I don't know if I can stay in New York. I don't think I can afford it. And she was like, well, what can you afford? And I said, honestly, I feel like maybe like I could probably come up with $250 a month 
like for rent and that's it. Like I still have to eat. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to get on the subway. And she was like, you just pay me what you can Oh, wow. talk about it later. And like that, it was miraculous. Yeah. Like she gave me such a gift because of it was maybe a couple months later that I booked the Oregon Shakespeare festival. And so I was able to go work in Oregon for like the better part of a year. I mean, it was like, she altered the course of my career because it could have ended really right there. And she it was like, pay what you can, you know, like at the museum, like when they have like pay what you can day, except like pay what you can for rent for multiple months. Like it was really generous of her. Kindness is key, right? That's the- Yeah, and totally unexpected, like completely. I mean, who, who what? does that? In what world are you paying $250 for rent a month in New York City? Like it's not real. <laughs> not real that's pretty yeah pretty good did you have a backup plan did you have something if if, uh you got to that point no I really didn't I I never had a backup plan because I a lot of people a lot of people's parents actually asked me that like senior year of high school people would be like so what's your backup plan what's your fallback and I was like nothing because I knew if I had a fallback I would fall back on it so I was like, well, I got to have to try like completely and wholeheartedly. And I, you know, I worked like lots of other kinds of jobs. I worked retail job, a lot of retail jobs, but like I knew that I wanted to be an actor and I was going to do everything that I could possibly do to make that happen. It's like that Tony Robbins thing. He says, uh, it's a bit deeper, I suppose, but it's like, if you want to take the island, you've got to burn the boats and fully commit. You can't just, yeah. that's it, right? You really have to go like all the way, you know, you, you and, and that, is different for everybody. Like going all the way is different for everybody. Like depending on what your life looks like, that's going to look a bunch of different ways to different people. But like, for me at the time, it was like, I can't go study to be anything else because if I get through my studies and like, you know, have a degree in something else, I'm not going to feel like I can chase this thing down. So you grow up in Texas. At what point are you then thinking this is my path and I'm set on it? Oh, probably like, freshman year of high school right. <laughs> it was really early on yeah I did a play in eighth grade and and I did this play in eighth grade and I auditioned for the play and of course I wanted to be the female ingenue lead and what I was cast as was the villain and I wore like a top hat and a handlebar mustache and at first it was like horribly embarrassing and then very quickly I realized the power in disappearing into a character because I wasn't like a super super shy kid but I didn't know that I was capable of like making a whole room full of people start laughing based on like what I was doing on stage mm. and so like that was the beginning of it. it was like oh this is amazing it feels incredible to like take people on a journey with you in through a story and so then that's all I wanted to do and so like freshman year of high school I started I wanted to do every production that I could be in I wanted to do anything related to theater I wanted to see all the theater that I could which wasn't a lot but I saw as much as I could you know and what about uh before that and I, I asked because I suppose it links to a new film in Canto with this sort of mm. Colombian background we had Martin Sheen on the podcast not so long ago, and his was talking about his own father coming from Spain and his mother coming from Ireland, this immigration story, a story of love. Yeah. Your father's Colombian, your mother's Bolivian, is that right? That's correct, yes. What was their journey to the US and then how did that sort of, how's that influenced you? I think it was hard and long and protracted for my father to get his American citizenship from start to finish took around 11 or 12 years. Wow. It's very difficult to become a U.S. citizen. And that was in the 80s, like when things were even easier than That's they are now. Yeah. Yeah. So 
and more, I don't know, I want to say like friendly, you know, more friendly to immigrants around the world. This idea that like this place is, can also be yours, you know, but yeah, like I was born in Argentina. I moved here to the U S when I was two and a half. So I don't know what that journey was like for them other than I could see it as I grew up, meaning that I could see that my parents often felt out of place, sometimes isolated, really desperately trying to build a foundation of community for myself and my sister, always trying to show us the possibilities for ourselves, even though like we didn't see it very much, but I have like a deep, very clear memory of going to the the Museum of Fine Arts Houston, probably uh, I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. And there was a an exhibit of Frida Kahlo's work that was traveling around the country. And it was this gorgeous, huge exhibit. And my mom took us as soon as she could. And like, that was one of the first times I saw, you know, a version of me as sort of the star of the show. Cause here was this incredibly huge museum that I'd been to many times before with my mom and sister. And here was this Latina woman in this giant exhibit and people were lined up around the block to see her work. And I was like, oh, that's so important. We're so important. Our point of view is so important. And I identified a lot with that. And I also, it was one of the first times that I saw somebody that looked like me as sort of the center of the story, the hero of the story. I guess it opened up the possibilities, right, in your mind. Yeah, it really did. Because up to that point, it was like, if I saw us on TV or in media, which was rare, it wasn't anything that I identified with or, or... it was rare. It was never the hero of the story, you know. Before we come on to the hero of the story, which in Encanto, mm-hmm. I can't not talk about Brooklyn Nine Nine very quickly. Yes. You, you must be incredibly proud of how that's how it's all the whole series has panned out. The success, the fandom, it's just oh and the fans of the show are they they, really they love it, cool. right? They really do. And what's <laughs> crazy is, and like this, this one makes me feel old as hell. But like. Some of the fans of the show will be like, I started watching it when I was just a little kid. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's shocking when you have like a 20 year old, 21 year old telling you that they've watched it since they were a kid. And I'm like, you know, you just want to sort of be like in my day, kid, you know, like it makes you feel really old. And at the same time, it's very special because it's really cool. I mean, I started watching Seinfeld when I was a kid and I have so many memories and it shaped it so shaped my sense of humor and my sensibilities and like timing stuff, all sorts of stuff. Like I love Seinfeld so much. So to think that like, I have the sort of same, I've had a similar effect on someone who's watched my work since they were a kid and loved it is like, that's really special and amazing. And yes, I'm very proud of the show. I'm proud to have been a part of it. It was fucking blast from beginning to end. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I saw a comment. I wanted to get your take on it. And it said, um, it was, uh, I think it was an interview you were doing. I was just reading the comments. Always interested to see what the fans say. Yeah. All very positive. But they said, Rosa would dislike Stephanie so much. Lol. <laughs> First of all, rude. <laughs> very rude. Second of all, possibly, but maybe also possibly untrue. Because I think, you know, Rosa Diaz and I have... And the same, a lot of the same things in common, like, and one of them is like deep loyalty and heart and like a sense of justice. Like we both want like things to be right in the world. And I think like 
maybe she wouldn't want to hang out with me, but she would respect me, which is even better. That's more important. That is more yeah, important. Yeah, respect. Yeah. I mean, you never actually auditioned for the role. It was, I think at the time she was defined as, was, was it Megan? But actually you went for yes. the role of Amy, right? So initially I auditioned for the role of Amy Santiago and then the casting director, Alison Jones, sort of like looked at me in the audition. She was like, you're a good actress. Hmm. I want you to come back for a different role too. So I had a callback for the Amy character and also for, at the time was the Megan character who turned into Rosa. And then I had a screen test for both as well. And I just was not right for Amy, but exactly right for Megan slash Rosa. Yeah. And you didn't actually think you were going to get the role initially because was it the Melissa Mero got the role of Amy and you thought, well, there's kind of that sort of Latinx representation. You kind of then just That's dismissed right. it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was less dismissive and more crying tears of like sadness when I, I mean, I was so excited for, for Melissa because I was like, oh, this is amazing. It's a romantic lead on a sitcom with Andy Stamberg and it's going to be a Latina woman. Like that is incredible. But then I also felt like, oh, well, that's it, I guess, because, you know, there's no way a network show is going to cast two of us as leads in an ensemble. Like, that just doesn't happen. And at the time, it really didn't. It was very groundbreaking at the time, which is, like, crazy to think about because there's so many shows now that are doing that more and more and more and more. But I do feel like Brooklyn was one of the first to do that. Oh, it broke boundaries in many ways. And even with the storylines that evolved, it was... Certainly ahead of its time. Amazing. Let's talk about Encanto. I watched the film on Friday. I loved it. It's obviously the tale of this extraordinary family, the Madrihals, who live in this the hidden sort of mountains of Colombia. There's sort of magic installed within that family, and they sort of run the town, the Encanto, right? Yeah, they're almost like the guardians of the town, sort of, or like they're the magic family or like the royal family of the Encanto. Everyone depends on them and looks to them for leadership and help and, you know, guidance. You must be, given your, you know, your father being Colombian and this Disney film being set in the sort of the Colombian mountains, you must be incredibly proud about that. Oh, I am proud. My father's proud. My extended family is very proud. I was lucky enough to visit Colombia in... 2019 around the holidays and I had such a blast and there were so many sort of family reunion kind of events while I was there and some of my family that I connected with then on that trip is not around anymore like they've since passed and there's like a lot of levels of pride the center of this film is this family, this incredibly magical family. And so like, I know in my heart of hearts that my ancestors are like looking down at me and very proud of the fact that I'm in this incredible moment, like Disney's 60th animated film. And it's yeah, a big deal. That's big. That's really cool. And that sort of Latinx representation within it. And I mean, yes. that's, that's, that's a game changer in itself, right? The spectrum of who we are, not only as Colombians, but as Latinx people, like we don't all look a certain way. It's yeah. very vital for audiences to see the breadth and the beauty of us as people and for audiences to remember and maybe know for the first time that we can look all sorts of different ways. And visually it's stunning. And it's always that yeah. thing with the film sometimes 
and there's something about being in a cinema as well you know it's an escapism regardless of how you're feeling and what state of mind you're in a film like that you can really escape and in this one because it's so visually stunning you do just yeah. kind of get lost in it a bit i know for many of us we haven't been able to travel for a very long time yeah this film feels like you are on a trip and you go to Colombia. It is so lush. It's so gorgeous. And like the country looks like that. That's the thing that I think people don't know is that like the country looks like that. It's crazy. Like the amount of research that the animators and creators and producers and writers and directors did on this film, like they went to Colombia and like, there are places in Colombia that look just like this film, which is like, it's wild to see it jump off screen. Well, I need to go based on that. Yeah, I mean, do. I really I mean, do. It's stunning. <laughs> and, and like all of the different, like, so vibrant. it was Carolina, Carolina Gaitan that plays Peppa. She like her magical power is like the weather changes based on yes, her. Yes emotions right but that's colombia too like depending on where you are in the country it's like you're in the mountains or you're like in a jungle or like you could be in one of the most packed and vibrant cities in the world or you could be on a beach and see no one around you i mean like colombia has so much to offer it's crazy it's crazy amazing diversity can we talk about little manuel miranda i mean this yeah. is he you've teamed up with him before but yes. this man's a genius isn't he let's just put it out there pretty smart and also he works really really hard he really does i mean to quote hamilton he writes like he's running out of time and i think the combination of those two things a genius brain and someone who works as incredibly hard as he does you can see it in his art his art is sometimes it feels otherworldly it feels like inexplicable that somebody has created such incredible work but it is those two things it's this work ethic married to this great big old brain is that what you feel on set like there's an energy with him that... i love him i think he's such a special person he's so funny he's so nice he's so giving he's he's your biggest cheerleader for sure i mean he there were times where i would say like lynn i don't know if i'm gonna like make it through the song like i don't know if i can do it or i don't know if i can hit that note that you want me to hit i don't know if i can sing this fast like i don't know and lynn would sort of give you this knowing kind of wink and be like you got that you, i think you do it I, I, know, I, presence, I wrote yeah. it for you i wrote it for you which is like oh wow what a gift to hear him say like wrote this for you yeah. you know on one hand it's like and this incredible cheerleader and then on the other hand it's just like great challenge from a fellow artist it's like i think you have more than you think you do so let's go let's see that's empowering i love that it's very empowering yeah. it's very empowering now you play mirabelle and the family around you all have magical powers so you have louisa who has uh super strength you mentioned obviously the weather there's um is it the cousin is it the cousin that is, is able to talk to animals Oh, yes. Antonio, who's played by Ravi, he can talk to animals. You've got Isabella, who's played by Diane Guerrero, who like is just perfect. And she can like yeah. make flowers blossom <laughs> out of thin air. You know, Luisa played by Jessica Darrow. This family is like literally magic. Everyone's a star. But and then part of the, I guess, initiation is that they walk up to a door and it then determines what the magic is. But you may know where this is going. But if you could walk up to a door and it could give you a magical power what would what would that be i mean i'll give you two <laughs> answers i'll give you like the 
the one that like I feel in my heart was like, it would be amazing to sort of have like pixie dust of compassion for people, you know, like it'd be amazing to just walk up to anyone and be able to, John Leguizamo sort of said this in an interview. It was like, just change their mind and like open their minds to other people, you know, other people's journeys, other people's hardships and have like compassion for other people. Like that would be so special to be able to do that. And then, you know, the sort of jokey one is like, it would be rad to just be like able to constantly and consistently like eat all day without ever getting full <laughs> or like getting yeah. cholesterol problems or anything. It would just like shoveling food into my mouth all day would be great. Never getting tired of eating, always room for more. That would be awesome. Yeah. Everyday burritos, just that would be. I mean, like dream. not, not, that you could just dream. like, you could like Jonathan Gold, you know who Jonathan Gold is, the, the, the writer, the. Yeah the critic food critic you just jonathan gold your life at all times like today i'm gonna hit six restaurants i'll never feel full like i'll never feel full i can try anything on the menu and i don't have to worry about like cholesterol or diabetes or anything like that like everything's fine just eat and eat and eat your life away it would be amazing i love food i don't know if you can tell <laughs> we're on the same page we're on the same page I was going to ask you about plot twist person, but perhaps your your landlady in, in New York might have been that individual. So. She might have been that, yeah. yeah. She might have. Um, but I did want to ask about inspirations. I saw a video and you were sort of praising Dan Levy, the wonderful Dan Levy, about how uh, he's betrayed his character on Schitt's Creek and everything that he, he sort of stands for. Who are other inspirations for you out there that inspire and motivate you? I think Brian Cranston is like, such an incredible actor he's so phenomenal and like what he's done in his career like he he played this like goofy ass dad on Malcolm in the Middle and then turned around and did this iconic character on Breaking Bad and even within Breaking Bad it's like he plays like eight different characters in the in the growth of that character over the course of the series is like where he starts and where he ends it's so incredible he's so and I've seen him on stage before like he's magnetic on stage I've heard nothing but incredible things about him from other actors that have worked with him they're just like oh he's a king he's a joy to work with it's like oh my god if I could have people talk about me the way people talk about Brian Cranston that would be well wow that would be amazing and incredible yeah you feel like he'd be the same person that if you took away the success of Breaking Bad which is obviously just colossal he'd probably just still be the same person, right? I'm sure he strikes 100%. you as that kind of guy. He yeah. 100% is. I read his biography and like, he's, he seems like the coolest, most down to earth, like funniest dope human being. And I've met him very briefly after the play that I saw him in. And like, yeah, he just seems so down to earth and cool. And yeah. You know, if I shave my beard into a goatee and wear glasses, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, seriously, I, I get you know, people call me up on it. My husband dressed up like, my husband is also a bald man and he dressed up as Heisenberg for Halloween. <laughs> when he, like, no, like I apparently, I, this is before I knew him, but like everyone was like stopping him to take pictures and stuff. Like Brad really does Halloween very well. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy win in that sense. Yeah. What's uh, Lastly, just before, before we wrap up, what's coming next for you? Obviously, you've got this film, which is amazing, but what longer time are you you're looking ahead to? What's the what's Stephanie's plan? Well, I mean, the plan is to be in London in like a week because I'm doing a play. And I've got as to we talked there. about, I've got to see this. 
it's really it's really good uh, 222 it's a ghost story and like i've never read a play i've really honestly never read a play like it i stupidly started reading it like kind of late at night and then i was like oh no because i was it, i was very it's very edge of your seat kind of but it's also really really just a really good play like four people on stage the whole night and i'm super excited to do it and that runs I believe we open December 4th and it runes through the 12th of February. Oh, quite a stint then. Yeah, it's yeah. like kind of, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a stay. And then I have a podcast that I helped produce that's out now called Tejana, which is the story of a Latina woman who is in the Texas Rangers, which if you know anything about the Texas Rangers, that's not a world that a Latina woman is often in. <laughs> And it's very, very good. It's sort of a fictional true crime story. Um, there's a lot of mystery and detective work going on in there. And I think it's really well done. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot, it's oh, no, good. I toot it. Yeah, yeah it. it's yeah. good. I think it's really good. Um, and then it's sort of like trying to just figure out like kind of what's next. I'm a new mom too. So I'm also yeah, sort of congratulations. juggling that. Yeah. Thank you. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of balls in the air, but it feels handleable maybe yeah. question mark manageable sure. yeah yeah it's uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah yes pretty busy but um look thank you so much for chatting to us good luck with encanto good luck with thank the you. podcast and of course uh at the theater as well 222 right yes 222 right yeah. well i might have to try and get down there the old cow theater oh yeah oh, it's been lovely 100. chatting to you stephanie thank you lovely talking to you Oh, a big, big thank you to Stephanie. Wasn't she great? I mean, she was full of vibrancy, full of energy. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that chat. And you know what? That might be up there with some of the best plot twists we've ever had. I mean, she's there in New York, struggling to get by as a young actress, as so many actors can probably relate to. And her landlady just says, well, okay, how much can you afford? And it enables her to keep pursuing her dream. It's, it was actually one of those stories that kind of restored your faith in humanity a little bit. It was really lovely, really nice. And of course, she spoke about Encanto, her new film, which is in cinemas now. I tell you what, if what she's saying is true and that the film really does represent the mountains of Colombia, it is stunning and it made me think, right, well, I need to go to Colombia. I mean, I've got Bali, I've got Costa Rica on my list. Colombia needs to be added because it is so stunning and it's a lovely, charming film. So if you're looking for a cinema date with the family, I highly recommend it. And you can catch Stephanie in the theatre. You've got to go and see her. She's terrific, as you probably gathered from that interview. So look, a big thank you to Stephanie for a great chat. And uh, of course, hope the film goes really well as well. And we'll be back next week. We'll see you there. Ciao.